Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd just like to talk about how do you know if your accountant is missing valuable opportunities? So how do you know if you have a great accountant or maybe a not so great accountant? And the difference between the two can be significant. I guess not only is tax one of your single largest, biggest annual expenses uh, and probably will be for at least some period of time, uh, at least until retirement and maybe beyond, (laughs) Uh, but a, a great accountant should be able to proactively identify other financial opportunities beyond just tax savings. Uh, and typically, the more complex your uh, financial situation is, uh, so that is if you're self-employed or running a business or have different entities like a family trust or self-managed super fund, then the more you have to gain from having the right accountant. Conversely, if your situation is ridiculously simple, you know, you have a POYG job, no investments, uh, no tax deductions and so forth, then really, to be honest... Uh, having an accountant or even a good one or one at all uh, is probably neither here nor there. That said, I think having a relationship with a good account, particularly if your goal is to grow your wealth, and if you're listening to this podcast, I assume it is, then having a relationship with a good accountant is um, is obviously going to pay dividends in the long run. Uh, look, it's difficult to tell whether your accountant is proactively identifying all the opportunities available to you because the reality is you don't know what you don't know, obviously, until you know it. Uh, so uh, ascertaining whether they've identified everything can be a difficult thing to do. But I think there's some common traits or behaviours that uh, not-so-great accountants exhibit, typically. And whilst on the face of it, these things might not be massive deal breakers, they tend to be pretty good indicators of whether their their, um, lack of proactivity uh, extends beyond just the thing that we're talking about, extends beyond uh, to, to things like not identifying opportunities for you, which can be quite costly. So I've got a list of uh, eight Uh, behaviours or traits that I'd just like to share with you now. Uh, And if your accountant is ticking some of these boxes, uh, maybe it's something you need to look a bit closer at. Uh, So the first one is that a common complaint is that they take too long to respond to your calls and emails, that is your accountant. Uh, And lack of timely communication causes two problems. Uh, Firstly, it suggests that they've got too much work that they're either either understaffed or have poor organisational skills. And uh, regardless of the answer, none of those things are going to be good. They're not going to serve you well. Because if your accountant is constantly under pressure to rush to the next job, they just won't have the time and space to sit back after they've looked at your situation or completed some work for you, uh, sit back and have a think about, is there anything else that we've missed here? Is there anything else that this client could be doing? And they don't necessarily need to come up with the answers. Uh, in fact, as Jim Collins says, uh, author Jim Collins, he says, uh, great questions are better than great answers. Uh, but if, they, if they're if they constantly rushing to the next task, uh, they're not going to have the time and space to, to do that. Uh, secondly, 
it's going to discourage you from seeking their advice. Because if you're thinking, look, oh, I might run this past my accountant, but you know it's going to take a, a month or even a couple of weeks to get a response or maybe no response at all, you'll probably think, well, I won't bother. And that's not a good outcome because uh, clients running things past us give us the opportunity to identify opportunities. And if you don't know what's going on in your client's life, you have very, I mean, it just reduces your visibility and therefore reduces your ability to have any positive impact. So uh, whilst we don't necessarily want to invite our clients to be emailing us every hour as soon as something changes in their life, uh, the, the, the fact is that if they do, it's actually a good outcome uh, for both us and uh, the client. Okay, second things, they don't ask you any questions. They just follow last year's work. So it shouldn't come as any surprise that sometimes preparing tax returns, you know, the same return year after year can be repetitive work. And so the danger is, is that accountants just kind of fall into autopilot mode uh, and just copy what we did last year, you know, which is the which deductions do we include, which uh, deductions we didn't include, descriptions, all those sorts of things. And the problem with that is that if you miss an opportunity, you'll keep missing that same opportunity. And also, if you make a mistake, uh, you'll keep making the same mistake. So to combat this risk, good accountant firms do a couple of different things. The first thing is they regularly rotate staff uh, through uh, clients. So they don't have one person preparing that client's return for 10 years in a row, for example. And secondly, they have well-defined review procedures. Uh, and of course, us at ProSolution, the mere fact of me talking about it, we obviously do these things. But if your, your accountant really asks you questions each year, if you just send all the information in, the return comes back, it might feel like a nice and simple process, but sometimes it's an indication that they're not really thinking about the work that they're doing and they're just really copying last year's. Number three, they don't share any ideas to improve your circumstances. So great accountants have very broad amount of knowledge and experience. Of course, in things like tax planning, which you'd expect, but also their knowledge and experience extends to investments and superannuation and business acquisition and optimization and insurance and all these sorts of things. And they've learned through observing lots and typically hundreds, sometimes thousands of different clients over many, many years, sometimes many decades. Uh, and so it puts them in a really good position to identify opportunities for their clients. But the process to do this must be embedded in their processes and systems. For, so for example, at the end of completing a job, your accountant should have like a checklist that they go through and asking themselves, if I was in their shoes, what would I be doing or thinking about? Um, and you need to ask yourself, how often does your accountant do that? Uh, because if they're not doing that regularly, uh, good chance is you're missing opportunities. Okay, number four is they're stuck in the 80s. And sorry to pick on the 80s. I mean, it was a pretty good decade. <laughs> um, uh, in fact, if you look at what's happened in 2020, you'd go say the 80s was a fantastic decade because uh, there was no pandemic. Uh, in any case, uh, if your accountant is stuck in the 80s, they're very paper-based, they're not very forward-thinking and so forth, it's going to be a problem. Now, I know you're probably thinking to yourself, Stuart, how accountants aren't really known to be really dynamic, forward-thinking people. 
but the truth is great accountants are. And great accountants realize that their clients don't want to be paying them to manually prepare work papers and shuffle paper around and deal with a million files and do business the old-fashioned way. So great accountants are constantly on the lookout for to 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 find ways to automate and automate and streamline their processes, and that invariably requires the adoption of technology to help that. Uh, and this approach means that great accountants then have more time to spend on far more proactive matters and advice. So if your accountant is paper-based, resist the temptation to adopt technology, um, even just basics like email and uh, those sorts of things. If they're stuck in the 80s, then they're probably always going to be stuck on that treadmill of doing things the hard way and it's probably going to be difficult for them to find the time and space to be able to, to start thinking about you, their client, uh, from a proactive perspective. Okay, next one, I think we're up to number five, is uh, they lack the licenses or at least they use licenses as an excuse not to talk to you about other matters other than taxation. So in order to provide financial advice, your accountant must hold an Australian financial services license or be an authorised representative one. Uh, and also to provide mortgage invi- advice, they need to hold an Australian credit license or again be an authorised representative one. Now, some accountants use this as an excuse to avoid thinking about their clients. And they'll quite often say, you know, sorry, I'm not licensed, I can't answer that question. Uh, and they might blame the government for all the compliance. You know, I used to be able to talk about these matters, but I can't today. But this is uh, what I think a very convenient and perhaps selfish excuse to get out of doing the difficult work of caring for clients. Uh, and uh, so, of course, legally, you know, of course, they can't actually answer the question. So then it begs the question, why would you be an accountant and put yourself in a position where you have Chinese walls, where you have limits to how you can really help your advice? I mean, it'd be a little bit like having an auto mechanic that says, look, I can only talk about one part of the engine of your car. If, if your questions relate to the remaining parts of the car, I just can't help you. I mean, that's just never going to work, right? So therefore, I think it's best to use a firm that adopts a holistic approach. So that means that they either have uh, internal experts and licenses so they can actually um, network with their colleagues, workshop ideas. Now, they don't necessarily have to, again, come up with all the answers, but again, they can at least identify the opportunities. Look, you should be thinking about contributing, making additional contributions to super. Go and get some advice about that. That's a simple thing to do, right? I haven't given you any advice. I don't need the license, but I've understood your circumstances and I'm looking for value adds over and above just pumping out some tax returns. Uh, some firms will have alliances with other businesses. Look, that's just as good, but you really want your accountant to be networking with other suitably qualified, licensed and experienced professionals so they can uncover strategies for you. Uh, unfortunately, however, this type of generous work is not all that common. Okay, which takes us on to number six. Uh, they are not investors themselves. Uh, so a person that has a natural interest in investing and building wealth themselves will make a better accountant. You know, it's because it's likely they're going to spend time, um, particularly their personal time, thinking, researching, educating themselves about investing, investing, 
partly because they enjoy it, but also partly because they can apply it to their own personal circumstances. Now, of course, they, they might be doing it for very selfish reasons, that is to build wealth themselves, but it's a mindset uh, and it's going to help them dealing with their existing clients. So if your accountant has a higher level of intellectual curiosity about investing, uh, and I'm talking also about having a broad-based strategy and or in particular investing in things that you like investing in, um, then that's going to help you because they're going to be able to share ideas and all personal experiences. Number seven is that they become too tax-focused, which ends up costing you more money. So you really want your accountant to look at the big picture. You don't want your accountant uh, just to save a few dollars in income tax if it's going to cost you a lot in either opportunity, ability to do something, uh, or additional taxes down the track. So probably best explained using example, and a really common example that we see is that clients owning personal cars in a business name. Uh, so either uh, in, a, in their own business entity, like a company or trust or so forth. Now, depending on the cost of the vehicle, this can give rise to other very expensive consequences, such as fringe, ben- fringe benefits tax and the requirement to remit GST on the sales price. So when you go and sell the vehicle again, and a great accountant would never make such a mistake. Instead, they would take look at the big picture and understand it's not just about saving a couple of dollars today or this financial year. It's really about taking that longer term view uh, and finding the right strategy. And lastly, number eight is you need to make sure that your tax strategy is congruent with your investment strategy. So, for example, aggressively reducing a client's uh, in, taxable income in one particular year will, in effect, reduce their borrowing capacity. And if they, um, whilst they might find tax savings pleasant, what will be completely unpalatable to them is if it retards their borrowing capacity because they can't go out and implement their investment or lifestyle goals. Uh, and in that situation, the client probably prefer to pay a little bit extra tax uh, and be able to implement those goals. So making sure the right hand knows what the left hand is doing is critically important. So is it difficult to change accountants um, and what is the process? Uh, Well, firstly, it's not difficult. In fact, it's surprisingly simple. Uh, The process is pretty simple. Uh, What happens is when we get approached by a new uh, tax client, uh, what we do is we need to send what's called an ethical letter to their incumbent accountant, so their existing accountant. And all the ethical letter does is ask them whether there's any professional ethical reasons why we should not accept the appointment and if you're a member of the chartered accountants association or cpas or so forth uh, it's a membership requirement you need to do that uh, as part of our uh, ethical standards and so forth at the same time uh, you'll ask that that uh, existing accountant for, to forward any documentation Uh, to ensure continuity of services. So things like past tax returns, depreciation schedules, trust deeds, all those sorts of things. Now, this is pretty standard practice. And almost in every single circumstances, accountants, uh, incumbent accountants will reply quickly, uh, timely in a courteous manner. It never gets into sort of any, any fight or argument or uncomfortableness or so forth. 
we understand that as accountants, we understand that clients will move around. Uh, and particularly, we also understand if we haven't been servicing our client uh, correctly, then we only have ourselves to blame uh, if they pick up their bongos and move one day. So uh, pretty simple. Uh, at the same time, we would then add the client onto our ATO portal, which means that we become their tax agent uh, with the ATO uh, and update any asset registers, uh, changing correspondence addresses and so forth. So really, your new accountant can do all that work. Uh, you, you don't really have to do anything. Of course, a lot of people out of courtesy just let their incumbent accountant know. So how do you go about finding a great accountant? Uh, well, you've found them, I would argue, because you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and I would say ProSolution's a great accountant. Uh, but uh, putting that aside, uh, the best way to find any trusted professional, in my view, is going, uh, is seek referrals. Seek referrals from people that, uh, friends, colleagues, family members uh, that you trust, uh, that are in a similar financial position to than you, than you are. So people in similar situations dealing with similar opportunities or similar risks or similar challenges um, and ask around and find out who they use uh, and whether, of course, they'd recommend them. Uh, and that's the best way to find a trusted professional. Okay, so that's it for this week. Until next week, bye for now.